Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Coming up on 10 minutes after 8 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Greg Pancake Hill, producer of the show, Eric Bilstead, and Vince Vitrano here with you until 9 o'clock. Add this to the list of things that are curious about Generation Z. And I, there are a lot of reasons for it. I still haven't, like, figured it out. I still don't get it. But I'm, I'm starting to understand the whys. My kid, my, I have 15-year-old twins. One can't wait to get... Well, when you tur- when you turn 15 now, you can get your your temporary driver's license yep. right away at 15. Mm-hmm. Used to be, I think we were six months out when we were kids, right? Now it's day one. Could not wait to get that temps and wanted to be there the day you turned 16 at the DMV to take your test to get your little plastic card, yeah. your driver's license, so you could drive. Right? I've got twins. One of them doesn't have any interest in driving. None. Wants not to drive is kind of bent that we're making him learn. <laughs> He's like angry about it. And I was with some other families this weekend, and a couple of other families shared that, yeah, they had a kid who was not real excited about driving. You said your oldest, so, right? My oldest is 16, and ironically, today's the first day he's driving a vehicle to school. He purchased oh. a permit at the parking lot, so today's day one of the second semester, so he can use that now. The student lot of the student section? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He's very excited to spend his own $100 so he can get that ticket. That he's going to come tearing permit. in there with his little placard oh. that says he gets to park there? Um, but I will say this, that he... He was okay with learning. Like once he turned 15, we're like, okay, let's start this process. But it, it wasn't day one on 15. And amazingly, when he turned 16, I mean, it was maybe six weeks before he finally got his license. And we kind of forced it <laughs> because we needed to take advantage of his driving opportunities. You know what I mean? And I know why. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I know where it comes from. For us, anyway, like he didn't want to pay for it. We're forcing him to pay okay. half the insurance, which isn't that much, you know. But it's That's something. Um, and so he was like, "Well, if I gotta, if I gotta pay for stuff, then I guess I'll just <laughs> not get it yet." But we ended up forcing him. Was he excited then? Like now that he has his oh, license, yeah. now to enjoy, yes, okay. now he's enjoyed some freedom. He's gone and used the vehicle to do things. Yes, I, yes. Now he's in. So my fifteen-year-old not only does not like is not in a hurry to get his says he doesn't want to learn how to drive and has said quote it's terrifying to me well that's okay <laughs> that's normal though for I suppose a first as a time parent, you prefer that almost yeah. to your kid who's like i can't wait to get out <laughs> going everywhere <laughs> but he's like flat like afraid of the responsibility and i said what's terrifying to you that something like bad would happen or whatever he goes yeah but that it would be my fault like i would I would make some sort of mistake that would cause a calamity. Okay, yeah. So I guess that's I not that's a terrible a thing to have in the back of his yeah, head. It's a legitimate fear. But I think for a lot of kids, I, I don't think many kids are afraid of it. I'm just, I'm sensing more like they just, they're not as interested in it as we were. Well, you know why? Because their parents bring them everywhere. That's, I think that's part of it, if not almost all of it. Because and I, I'm not throwing my parents under the bus here on this one, like, but we didn't we did not get rides to places, nor did many of my friends. That just wasn't our culture. So I'm not like I'll say about my mom and dad. Never did. It just we rode our bikes everywhere, 
And if you had stuff to haul, if you had tennis or you were playing baseball, the bat went across the handlebars, the glove went on one of the handlebars, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep. Maybe you had a bag on the back, you're dragging stuff around. Hey, yeah. right? Been and there. You rode your bike wherever you wanted to go, even through high school. Like, my kids complained about being tired about something. I'm like, I rode my bike to two-a-days football practice. You rode your bike to practice, got beat up for two hours, rode your bike home, ate lunch, rode back to practice, got beat up for a couple more hours, and then rode home. Like, But it never even occurred to me to say, who's picking me up today? Well, uh, my kid made some Nobody. comment the other day about, uh, well, I can, you know, drive to Walgreens now and get something or whatever. And I was like, dude, you could have ridden your bike to Walgreens forever. <laughs> like, yes. not now this far. is accessible to me, <laughs> yeah. these far reaches yes. of the neighborhood. And I made sure the younger two heard that. Like, by the way, if you really need to go to Walgreens for something, go. It's like literally five blocks away. I wonder if that's it. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. I wonder if others who are listening, if you're experiencing this with young people in your life, that they're not that interested like we were in getting our driver's licenses and uh, what you think is behind it. I think the fact that they do have ready access because of us as parents to rides and such, that that's probably part of it. wonder if there's anything else at play here. From the 414, my 17-year-old daughter has zero interest in driving. My 14-year-old daughter would have driven at 12 (laughs) if we would have let her. I think social media has tons to do with it as well. They can talk essentially face-to-face with their friends without being there. Well, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that. Uh, I think that's part of it as well. And I've got one other thing that the boy told me that I wonder if other parents can relate to. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. Let us know what's going on in your house or with young people in your life. Why are they so reluctant, in some cases, to get their driver's licenses? Commence primary ignition. And also the facts that bear this out. It's not simply anecdotal. That's next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight nineteen on Wisconsin's Morning News. I pulled this from a USA Today article. This was actually a year ago, a little more than that. The teenage rite of passing of rushing to the DMV on your birthday to get that plastic card that represents freedom has changed dramatically over the last 30 years. Here's some data, E. Federal Highway Administration uh, analyzed data by Green Car Congress showed that in 2018, approximately 61% of 18-year-olds in the U.S. had a driver's license down from 80% in 1983. The number of 16-year-olds with licenses decreased from 46% to 25% in the same period. Both, Even 46% sounded low for me at 16. 25%, wow. So is this the last... At a drop of like almost half. Is this the last generation that's even really going to learn how to drive? Are we 10 to 15 years away from vehicles kind of just doing their thing i tell you that my <laughs> I mean, kid they're steerless there's already steeringless yeah driving cars taking place on the roads right now max thought he was going to wait it out we talked about this years ago he never even at that point and he's like what's why bother by the time i get to be 16 cars will be driving themselves anyway we were sort of on that trajectory and then pulled way back the last couple of years you don't hear a ton about self-driving technology anymore a lot of driver assist Right. but not fully autonomous vehicles. A lot of texters say it's social media. I don't know if it's that. I have a different thought on it, but here's one from the 414. Billstead mentioned the difference in generations a few, sheer, uh, few shows ago, asserting his superiority to the past. 
ostensibly referencing a more tender, nurturing style of parenting. Flip side is children not leaving home, not seeking independence, because why? Why do something for yourself when someone else will do it for you sounds like work. Hmm. There is a little of that. There is a little. I agree. Max said that wasn't it. I'm like, so what? If you had to walk home versus, you know, driving yourself, you'd walk because you don't want to drive? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I fully believe that. But I think, right, the fact that rides are readily available from mom and dad, or maybe that one kid in your friend group who has a license, I'm just interested mm-hmm. in, like, you were talking about earlier, like, how you felt that first time when you drove by yourself. I will never forget a it. A hero, a boss. I will never forget it. I remember the song that was on the radio. Jay Giles Centerfold came on, and it was like the best thing in the world. I'm <laughs> waving to people. I'm driving down the middle of Deerfield Road, just like mm, in your own parade. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. It was awesome. What, what were you driving? I think at that point, I was driving a Buick LeSabre. However, that was Sweet. not the car that I would go on to drive regularly. But I believe on day one, it was the Buick. I had myself a LeSabre back in the day yeah, in 86. Yeah. That thing was a boat, but oh. in the best way. Oh, I had even a better boat. Pontiac Bonneville, 1977. <laughs> it's a gorgeous gold, beautiful piece of machinery. First car I drove all by myself in is the exact opposite end of that spectrum. The 78 Honda Civic. Ooh. This thing was a manual transmission, but it had only two speeds and no clutch. So at 25, you kicked it you kicked it into second gear, and that was it. The Silver Eagle. That thing was awesome. Uh, from the 480, both my kids absolutely refuse to learn how to drive sticks still, and they're both in their 20s. I guess that's good. They won't borrow my car. There is that. <laughs> 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank Get old. Let me bring some callers in. Uh, Nancy is with us from Burlington this morning. Hi, Nancy. Hi, this is an awesome conversation. My my first car was a 71 Bonnie. It was awesome. Mm, it was awesome. I love it. <laughs> it had FM radio and power windows. Yes, I, so did my Bonneville. But, but my oldest... Um, he he was like 12, and I had a car accident, and I think it kind of shook him up. And, and he never wanted to get his license. And he said, I got friends, I can ride my bike, I can rollerblade. And he, he had a part-time job at Kmart here in Burlington, and um, he, he went into the Air Force right after high school, and he went into security forces. And his CO said to him, what do you mean? You're a cop, and and you don't you don't have your license. You don't drive. <laughs> Zach's like, yeah. He goes, you got thirty days to get it. <laughs> Good done. So he got his license, and then one time he called me. They were on their way to Vegas for, for some more education, driving from Scotton, Illinois, and I'm like, you're driving. And he's like, yeah, I'm driving. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know? <laughs> it ultimately worked out. Thanks for the call, Nancy. Yeah, I appreciate You're that. You're a cop and no license. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Taken care of now. 855-616-1620. If you got a story about a young one you want to share. See, I still think, I contend that, um, and I, I feel like there's a tie here. I, I've said this for a long time. I don't think kids are embarrassed by their parents anymore. They're just not. I tell the story all the time about the 13-year-old kid I saw sitting on his mom's lap at the dentist office. Like, it just seems strange to me. Yeah. But that was totally normal for this kid while he's working on his phone. He's busy looking at his phone, sitting on his mom's lap. 
I, f- I feel like kids just aren't embarrassed. So why would they care if they ask mom to drive them anywhere, whether to a friend's house, to school, to this, to that, to sporting stuff, yeah. whatever it have you be, why do that yourself when you can have mom or dad take and it? And parents are just sort of around and it's normal. Yeah, and like, parents happy to do it. If we had had like a Mercedes, which we didn't, but if we had like a really if. fancy car, I would still have preferred to to roll up my uh, on my own in a beater, absolutely, with no muffler, than to get dropped off by a parent. Absolutely, right. right? One of the worst I think things because that's changed. I remember getting a ride occasionally from my dad because he would leave around the same time for high school, and we would like actually pull up next to the bus stop. Oh no! And I'm like, oh. And you're in the car with yes. The, you're almost better off in the bus. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh god. All right. My kids won't ride the bus either. They don't like that either. Well, that, of, that we force on them. They, <laughs> they loved it in middle school because it was kind of new and irreverent, and like they could, they would come back with stories of you know who threw stuff out the window, okay, or sure. what kid you know played music that he wasn't supposed to, or whatever. But now they're they're over that too. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the old National Bank talk and text line. Back with more right after this. Twenty-eight in Wisconsin's morning news. Seeing a lot of text on the old National Bank talking text line saying kids don't learn to drive because they're connected via social media. Yeah, I, I guess I in ways that we that. weren't. Yeah, they communicate with everyone that they enjoy talking to. Just they don't need to go phone. to Eric's house yeah. to play Xbox with Eric. Mm-hmm. We can both put a headset on and we're playing together, even though we're not together. Sure, a little something there. There, I suppose. Yeah, seeing a lot of good first car references as well. <laughs> This one says, Vinny, your wife took a, a tow truck to school. Um, that may actually be accurate. If it's somebody who actually knows her, um, for a while, my late father-in-law owned a garage, and he was a mechanic. And so it's entirely possible that she got dropped off once in a tow truck. That would be epic. <laughs> Not for, like, a teenage girl. <laughs> <laughs> With your grease monkey old man dropping you off. Did they have an old Chevelle Duh. bag? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was towing someone's car at the time. <laughs> That was dragging oh, a little. Been great. He would have done it, Larry. Absolutely, he'd have done it. Oh, Otherwise, fantastic. you can walk. Gremlin hanging there on the back of it. A lot of I learned to drive on this. I learned to drive. I had I had this, the Silver Eagle was the '78 Civic, and then we had a classic wagon. It was like a family truckster. That thing had a V8 engine. I think I took my driver's test in it over here on on Grange on the south side, right? Fantastic. Try to parallel park that thing. I failed my first driver's test. You did not. Nobody did. And I I was actually shocked because we, we were finished and he goes, Well, a lot of things to fix. And I'm like, Really? Like I thought I did okay. <laughs> right. Like I, I, I was completely fully expected. To. Completely caught off guard. So I went back the next day and got it the next day. Uh, good discussion. Keep the text coming. I'm in, just interested. I love seeing all these old cars that folks learn to drive on or whatever and other theories about our young ones. I, th- I mean, we're going to make the boy get his license just so he has it. If he never wants to drive, that's fine. I'm sure his sister will drive him around plenty, but I uh, just thought it was interesting and mm. other families sharing as well. Man, I couldn't wait to get that thing. First day. First day you got an opportunity to, you got it. Well, right. And I got it and I said to my dad, can I drive home? No. <laughs> Why not? But no, that was a no. Eight five 
835 on Wisconsin's Morning News. This person texted and ended a high school friendship because I was always forced to drive. <laughs> the old National Bank talk and text Forced line. or taken advantage of. Right. Well, I think more the latter. Like, yeah. this guy always wanted me to pick him up. Like, I just at some point got tired of it. I believe that. You've been watching the Oscars come out. Quick, quick aside on that. Good Morning America had the Oscar nominations live, but not live because they're an hour behind us. So what we get... I don't know if everybody knows this, but what we get when you watch the the national shows, the Today Show, Good Morning America, what have you, is when it's 7 o'clock there, we get their 7 o'clock at our 7 o'clock. So it's actually 8 o'clock New York time, but we're watching the past hour. Correct. Unless there's some crazy breaking news. Unless there's breaking news. news, right. Then they'll kick it live. But so what they're showing on Good Morning America at the time was actually a little bit behind, so we were getting real-time reports on the Oscar nominations today. But my quick aside is their graphic on the bottom, which you know we call the lower third in the business, and it has a bunch of information on there, and their little cut line there said, All Eyes on Academy Award nominations. Yeah, it's all my, eyes. One of my business pet peeves, All Eyes On. Today's show does it more than GMA, but somebody over there, they all do it with the all eyes on Washington, all eyes on the president, the stock market, all eyes on state of the union. All right. All eyes on the markets. Just wait. Now you're going to see it. Now that Vince mentioned this, we're all going to notice it all the time. So I hate thank you for one that. because it's not true. <laughs> now, how do you know? <laughs> all the eyes are not ever on whatever all it is. All eyes could all be on the, the East Coast right now for 100% the storms. 100% of the eyes. <laughs> so one, it's not true. Two, it's lazy and cliche. Think of something else. So I think movies are officially back back. I already knew they were back back. Just yeah, you from, noticed this trend. Yeah. But we've seen here that, yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once, that's like this indie sci-fi flick that's got most of the nominations. There's 11 nominations for that movie. But after a year of seeing streaming movies do well, like Netflix movies and stuff like that, now we're seeing the big screen spectacles dominate again. Avatar has got some nominations. Top Gun has got some nominations. Black Panther, The Whale. So some of these movies that you are seeing on the big screen are now getting the attention they deserve. So are we officially back back? I, think, I say yes. Yes, good. Movie, movies in the theater are more back than they've been for years. When did I talk to Greg Marcus last? A month or so ago? And he was talking about, you know, people are back seeing the movie that you have to see on the big screen, right? So your Top Guns, your Avatar, Mm -hmm. 3D, whatever. People he felt uh, would definitely come back to the theater for that. The next step is, will they come and see a film that is just a good film? Will they come and see a rom-com? Or the Fablemans or yeah, something. Yeah, right. In the theater, because there's a value added to the theater experience outside of just the size of the screen. And you're sort of indicating perhaps yes. It sure looks like it. I mean, obviously, the uh, Oscars oftentimes will just nominate movies you've never heard of. or you know, And they've realized over, over the years now that they have to actually consider some of these big box office flicks as well. So that's part of it. But if you see that many of these larger, big spectacle type movies that are made for the big screen, but actually also considered, hey, well, that's a pretty good movie, means it's trending in the right direction. I wonder too. I mean, do we have fewer Netflix movies or Amazon movies or I don't think so. Like still... fewer than we have been. Like maybe maybe the math doesn't work so much for them. It's it's expensive to produce a movie, or it could be just that you know the the ones they gambled on this year were just bad. Just dogs. 
I mean, there's always going to be that. What were big online movies this year? Oh, jeez, I don't know. Um, the, well, I know uh, I don't know. The Will Smith movie, <laughs> the Emancipation one. The oh, that was not one. an in-theaters movie? That, no, it was Apple TV. So that one didn't get any play. Now, there could be other reasons for that, too. That's just one example. <laughs> you think there was an anti-Smith bias? Bullseye. Yes, I do. I do. Absolutely. Sorry, you are not nominated. Even, you know, and, and that this was a movie that he was going for. So, you know, thinking that this could be an opportunity. So, yes, I do think so. But I, the, the news is good, though. I don't know if I'm at rom-com status quite yet for going to, going to a movie to see. But when it's $15 a, a pop, that's why I, I feel that way. I would go see, what's the Tom Hanks one where he's like the different, uh, where he's like the kind of. Like waiting for Otto or something. Yeah, yeah, like some right. guy named Otto. It's sort of. It's sort of like a, the Tom Hanks version of of a Clint Eastwood one. Get off my lawn. What was that? El Camino or something like that. But it's the Tom Hanks version, so it's nice. You're getting a little Tom Hanks fatigue? Like just a hint? Well, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. Like he's out there in a lot of stuff. So had I seen all of it, I think probably I would. Like what is he? Like three movies this calendar year. For a while right? there, like I always felt like he was just picking the best ones. All right, I'm just yeah. I'm going to do really good films. But now I feel like he's kind of out there. Was one of those they place. said was a dog, right? Uh, they didn't like his performance in Pinocchio. And then... Didn't like him in the Elvis movie. Although the right. Elvis movie itself has done well. That's got some nominations. No, I'm a big fan of Tom Hanks. I mean, too. I suppose I, just... I, I can't tell you something that I've seen that he's been in recently. I, but I have that list, man. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely have to see Elvis. Still haven't done that. I would go see the new Hanks movie in the theater. I like going to the theater. Like, I like, outside of the size of the screen, I just like the experience. Sure. I like the popcorn, I like the soda, and yes, I'll pay for it. Fine. And if you and if you try hard, you can get a deal. You you're can get right. in on no, a, a right. matinee is better off, and, you know, do what you want with snacks or sign up for Marcus has that movie rewards program that makes it easier for you to earn points and get snacks and junk. So I, I still value that. I know next, if I don't see the Tom Hanks one in the theater, my next on the list is Cocaine Bear, and that's coming soon. <laughs> That February. is a must-have as soon as it comes out. <laughs> February. Is it February? That one comes out. Oh, I can't wait. I haven't seen if uh, that has any pre-Oscar buzz for next year. No, no pre-Oscar buzz for Cocaine Bear. I would be surprised if it weren't nominated for a great many Screenplay, <laughs> visual effects, acting, all of those things. Any surprises on the list there for you otherwise? Um, I, I, I'm not the one to ask. Well, so in, I, in this room, you are. <laughs> No, I do think Brendan Fraser is going to win for the whale. He he's going to win Best Actor, so that's like that's my shoe in. That's the one I'd put the money on. What's the whale about? I mean, uh, uh, a man who's overweight. Oh, I actually was going to say, has. is it actually about a whale? No, it's about a man who's overweight and se- severely overweight. Well, that and sounds it, not very nice. It sounds like it could be kind of formulaic, having not seen it. But I'm willing to bet he walks home with the Oscar. Uh, yeah. Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. Hanks was great in Otto, well worth the money. Okay. That's good to hear. I mean, if you go back and Tom, I mean, I started liking him when he was in Big. Like, I was a teenager then, oh, I yeah, think, when Big came movie. out. Right? Great movie. And then after that, there was still one of my favorites, his, his League of Their Own. He was so good Fantastic in that. Fantastic flick. Right? Turner and Hooch, you kidding no me? No crying in baseball, right? One of the best flicks ever made, Turner and Hooch. <laughs> Turner and Hooch, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> What else was he in that was more like kid friendly? Alrighty, that was good. Topic. No, he's got well, more. Ah, shoot. 
Oh, man. Uh, he was in Spies Like Us. No, not Spies Like Us. He was in Dragnet with, uh, with oh, Aykroyd. Oh, yes. That was a long time ago. Oh, that film was amazing. <laughs> Connie Swale, right? Wow. See, that I remember. <laughs> that you, you I remember. You can't tell me Finding Nemo, but I you remember the actress I can't in del- Dragnet. Can't delete that file. The reboot Dragnet to from make room. 89 or whatever that was. Oh, here's a good suggestion. Uh, old National Bank talk and text line. Get old, 855-616-1620. Go to the Rivoli in Cedarburg. Great atmosphere and $5 a ticket. And I Debbie's love- first job. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I worked at the Rivoli. I ended up being an assistant manager, too, so I could string that bad boy up. Now they have it digital, but still. So could you still eat the popcorn even after oh, all these years? That was my main source of food for, like, junior and senior <laughs> year. Oh, are you kidding me? And then the sodas, too. We we had to pay for candy, but so. Double feature at the Tosa Theater, the one on North Avenue, that I think is now, like, the Rosebud, but it was t- the Tosa Theater back okay. in the day. That's like, the one with the couches? Yeah. for it, it wasn't then, but it is now, right? For like for a buck and a half, you could get a double feature on Saturday night, and it would be like summer school and crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You bet. I'd pay you twenty dollars to go to that double feature right, right now. Absolutely. <laughs> Eight forty-five on Wisconsin's morning news. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. The old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank. Get older. Talking about movies. I mentioned the double features at the uh, Tosa Theater back in the day. Uh, Grant is on the line with us from Tosa. Morning, Grant. Good morning. Uh, you reminded me of a double feature I went to in nineteen sixty nine. John Wayne and True Grit, and Liza Minnelli in The Sterile Cuckoo. <laughs> That's like, quite a twin billing movies. Yeah, and I had to sit through this Liza Manella movie waiting to see John Wayne. You know, <laughs> it worked out. Thanks, Grant. I, I let me tell you something. If that could, if I could go back to that summer when it was those double features for a buck fifty, you're at the theater, your buddies, your man. I must have been like late middle school, early high school. You know, and that's not a big theater. No, you know, so everybody everybody you cared about was there, mm-hmm. and you kind of walk around and you could commiserate. And there was. You know who sat with this one? Yes. Who might have held hands or didn't? But either way, you're at at the movies, if you will. We had a funny story this morning about uh, bosses, and I stumbled on this thing because everybody's had a boss they didn't like. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Um, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and come in tomorrow. Oh, oh, and I almost forgot. Um, uh, I'm also gonna need you to go ahead and come in. On Sunday, too. Yeah. Um, what's happening? Bill Lundberg, the guy in mm-hmm. Office Space. The office. Yep. Your Office Space, sorry. Bringing him up because yeah. I ran across this piece on a site. It's called askamanager.org. And the sense that I get is the writer's name in this piece is Allison Green. Kind of like a, a Dear Abby for workplace stuff. So, you know, you write into her and say, hey, you know, I'm having trouble with my boss or I'm having trouble with a coworker, or maybe it's a boss and I'm having trouble getting this person to do whatever. And she offers advice like Dear Abby used to do in the column. Resign. <laughs> Quit <laughs> now. So here's one that just <laughs> made me laugh. A reader writes, I recently started my first real job in a small office, eight people. We have strategy meetings every morning for 30 to 45 minutes. My boss is really intolerant of bad ideas. 
She keeps a tape dispenser on the table by her chair. I promise you, you don't know where this is going. Keeps a uh, tape dispenser on the table by her chair. And whenever someone suggests something that she thinks is dumb, she will peel off a piece of masking tape and pass it to them, at which point they are required to put it over their mouths (laughs) so they cannot contribute any more bad ideas for the meeting. No way. I think the detail like makes it real. And and you'll and please put the tape over your mouth. Then that's assault. Well, <laughs> if you have them do it though. But she said Still. it's my first real job, so maybe this person doesn't know. Like this is the first job out in the world, and I guess this is how it is out in the out in the tough world. <laughs> or harassment, at least. Uh, she talks about how you know her other coworkers don't actually seem that bothered by it. So again, she's maybe thinking this is just sort of the norm. This is maybe what they happens. like not having to speak at the meetings. <laughs> right. Sorry, I got tape in my mouth. Can't say anything. So this is the part that really got me, though. She continues writing. My issue with this again: her boss makes people with stupid ideas tape their mouths shut, and she writes, "My issue with this." is that enforcement of the rules seems arbitrary. It depends entirely on her mood. Some days no one will get taped, but other days if she's feeling particularly <laughs> sour, most of us, if not everyone, will end up taped, and the meeting is just her dictating to what us. What I don't like is the consistency. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fine with the taping of the mouth. If we would just administer that punishment yes. consistently. Yes. <laughs> Eric had f- stupid ideas every day this week, and he only got taped once. But I had good ideas, and I got taped every day. That's BS. <laughs> That's what she's outraged about. <laughs> Not so much the taping of the mouth. I have a hard time believing that this exists. I don't know, man. But I've seen anyway. some weird stuff. Really? Like this type of things? Well, I, I don't know about taping the mouth shut, but... Scafidi used to tell the story about he had a boss way back uh, a long, long time ago that would ha- had, like, ammo sitting on their desk like bullets and things and made jokes about like who they were for and just like ridiculous things like that. Well, I've worked with people who've thrown tantrums in the newsroom, not here in Milwaukee. I'll just leave it at that. We like on the, on the ground, rolling around, kicking. No, no, like, like angry about stuff like door off the hinges, tantrums. Hmm. Don't, I'm not going to tell you. Don't start trying to figure it out. I'm not going to say. I'll tell you. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe. <laughs> but you think I could? No, I'm not putting that on the air right now. But there was some people who've had, had a temper in the newsroom. I think we've all had a temper before. Yeah, though. but like, have you worked in a newsroom where someone tore the door off the hinges? <laughs> and then it was just fine? Or, or destroyed some cart? And then, and then hmm. put the cart back together the next day. I walk by and there he is on the floor. Little screwdriver. <laughs> like, what's going on? That's putting the cart back together. Fixing this thing. Eight, 8.54 on Wisconsin's morning news. <laughs> that one's, that's a tough one. 8.57 on Wisconsin's morning news. Just coming off the bad bosses segment there and. Tracy Johnson is in the studio with us now. She's in for Steve today. You got bad boss stories or weird workplace stuff or what? Well, that was a, that was an interesting segue because I because I am a boss. When you, bad boss, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Do you ever no. put masking tape on people's lips because <laughs> of bad ideas? Shut, bad idea. <laughs> Once in a while, no. I I actually a story that comes to mind. It's not so much like a bad boss, but it's it's like a weird workplace thing. Is like at a meeting table. Uh, most meeting room tables aren't. Round. They're usually oval or okay. rectangular. Sure. And I always find it interesting who sits at the head of the table. So I, I am a boss and usually I'm running a meeting or something. And I always make a point to not sit 
at the head of the table. I just think it's an interesting part. And I had a boss one time who actually would come into a meeting. She would sit at the head of the table and then she would lower her chair, like lower it, like ridiculously low, like Hmm. with her chin. And so she was doing a reverse power move. Hmm. She was kind of like, you know, I'm sitting at the, it it was a very weird thing. Bosses like to play games, right? Why would you want the reverse power maneuver? Uh, well, and then to say it. And then to put tape on your own mouth. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you, you found it informative who would take that head table spot? I do. See, I, I'll sometimes do that as a, if I've, and I've, I've done this a couple times at our, at our meetings, if that's the spot that's open, like it's <sighs> one of the last ones and everybody's kind of in there. For, for my, my joke is I walk into the meeting, I go to the front and I say, all right, thank you all for being here. Let's get started. <laughs> like it's my meeting. But, so it's interesting because, laughter. because I it, I would like to sit at the end of the table, but if it's not my meeting, I'd go out of my way not yes. to. Hmm. But I'd prefer it because you just got a better view of everything. I suppose. I suppose. It's the bird, the bird dog seat, right? So uh, we're going to talk about that today, actually. Not so much workplace, but workplace bullying. There was a, a new piece of research that I found interesting related to the generations and where we're seeing uh, the, the prominence of this work, these workplace bullying uh, reporting and what I think is behind that. Um, we're also going to talk about a crime in Milwaukee. Um, there's one community that's, I think, taking some extreme measures and maybe Milwaukee leaders should be paying attention to that. Uh, also talk more about the Supreme Court race, which is something that I'm just very, very interested in. We saw some new numbers come out today. And then we're going to break down um, the school choice week. It's school choice week. Did you guys talk about school choice yet? We did not. It's a big celebration this week. So we have CJ Safer in. He is an advocate for school choice. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up in the show. Are we giving away free tickets to a school of your choice in honor of Yes, school we choice? are. <laughs> wow. Caller number seven. Oh, no, boy. I shouldn't because people will call. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't right. do that. I want to go to such and such academy. That might be illegal, too. I don't know. Okay. So let's not do that. I'm not doing that. Tracy has the con next on WTNJ.